Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan with my friend, Sean Bowles. Sean, what's happening on the show today? Well, first of all, you're already making me laugh, which is good. We've had to yes. do this intro a couple of times, which is always, <laughs> it's real life with Sean and Bob. But we, you know, we have a lot of guests on and a lot of them are sharing how to discover your purpose and how to live out your dream or God's dream. And our guest today has a message that's kind of the opposite of the spectrum yeah. about how the current Christian self-help movement is actually can be fooling people into believing if they chase their dream and they find out their purpose that they're going to be truly, truly fulfilled. But she thinks it's not always true and wants to ground people in their God-given identity and in the Bible. So it's really cool. She's written a book about this, but she's also been an author. Her husband is a prolific uh, Christian entertainer. And so we have Kelly Needham on today who calls herself a CEO of her home and her household. <laughs> and she and her husband share a podcast. She's been writing books. They have five kids. Two of them are adopted, which is awesome. And she's an author and influencer. Her most recent book, Again, it's called Purpose Fooled Why Chasing Dreams, Finding Your Calling and Reaching Your Greatness Will Never Be Enough. Wow. And I think that's a great message to balance out what we talk about exploring the marketplace all the time. We're highlighting people who have accomplished great things, but sometimes there could be a lie in it that if I just accomplish things like them, then I'd be truly happy. So I love to have her on as kind of a counterbalance to have the other end of the spectrum conversation. So up next is Kelly Needham. My name is Sean Bowles, and I've created an incredible kit for you to use as your church or homeschool or even just home use. I want to encourage you to teach your kids how to hear from God. Our kit has a chapter book, a workbook for kids, but there's also a teacher parent guide on how to use these tools to be powerful tools for your child to learn how to hear from God. On top of that, we have a brand new just released teaching series for parents about parenting your kids and the prophetic, how to teach your child how to hear from God. And that particular teaching series is good from anywhere from toddler all the way to teenager. We go through different aspects of how to hear God's voice and what to do when your child is hearing. Like how do you actually celebrate and record and teach them to really have victory in hearing God's voice and to live a lifestyle of that. So we have this incredible package put together for you right now. So make sure to get this offer today. Welcome back. We are here with Kelly Needham. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much, Bob. Sean, it's great to be here with both you guys. Well, I'm so intrigued and we're so glad you're here. I'm so intrigued by your new theme of your book, which is called Purposeful, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But before we get there, how did you, this is not your first book or your first rodeo. You've actually, you're a prolific writer and you're also a communicator. You've become a voice but you're self-described the CEO of your home and also like all these other things that you would describe yourself as. How did you get involved with saying, I'm going to be a voice. I'm going to, I'm going to let God use me this way. I mean, tell us this, the background story. Sure. It's very, um, not what I planned. Uh, that's for sure. I have a degree in finance, oh. I like math and numbers because there is a right answer yes. in math and writing, <laughs> speaking, all that is very like, there's like no right. There's like four great ways to say something or write something. No. And so it has really eaten at my perfectionist tendencies. <laughs> so I did not actually set out to do any of the things that I'm doing. It definitely came in some side doors that I didn't expect. And a lot of it through uh, being connected to my husband. We got married and we were both very young. We were both in college and then he got a career change. He was offered a position on a record label in Nashville and all of a sudden mm. 
our very boring, ordinary lives, he was going to be a teacher. It was like, oh, we're now on the road and on tour buses and, you know, at on, in stadiums and in small venues. And I'm figuring out the back end of all of that. But it was through that ministry that he then began to do that I just started to write on MySpace back when MySpace was a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And, wow. Yep. Come on. And mainly to his fan base. I mean, there were just different occasions for that. And people responded to it in a way that was surprising to me with follow-up questions. And so I began to write more. And then there were even um, people that we just happened to do life with. A fellow author, oh, I wasn't an author at the time, but an author who wanted to use one of my husband's songs alongside her book. We did a book tour together. She heard that I was trying to start writing. She edited my stuff, gave me some pointers. So just some circumstantial things that by God's providence, he put people in my life to help me uh, even see that I could enjoy skills like this that I had always written off because I was like, I don't ever want to write a paper in my life. <laughs> I never had Absolutely. been interested in it. And so just over the years, begin to explore uh, different aspects of communication and enjoyed it. Um, so it definitely has been an unusual road for me one I didn't seek and, and search for, uh, but that's just kind of come a long way. And now it's just crazy to me, but you know, two books later and a blog and other things that I do, the girl who didn't ever want to get on stage and speak at all through all my high school career is now like, I, I'm just doing nothing I thought I would do. And I didn't think I'd enjoy it. And so uh, it has been unusual. I think it's so funny when God apprehends us and says, yes, I've created you and I've gifted you to do these things, but we're going to go in this different direction. Yeah. And, and your, you know, your first response is, is this the Lord? Right. Are, are you sure, Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he's gentle, isn't he? And he mm-hmm. he's brought you into a place where it sounds like you're thriving in mm-hmm. in him, in your marriage, with your family. How does talk to us about your what what's transpired in your family with your husband? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it has never been easy. Oh, we had uh, actually three miscarriages early on in mm-hmm. our our marriage, and I write about that openly. A lot of women have gone through that, a lot of couples. And so, um, but along the way, God began to add children into our life um, through pregnancy, but also we have two adopted kiddos as well. And so we now have five children that are ages like 13 down to zero. Wow. Wow. um, Thank you. And it's, it has been so fun. I've, you know, I've always um, wanted a big family. I come from a big family, but it's been interesting to even like a lot of those early years of motherhood for me, Jimmy was still traveling a lot. And Mm -hmm. so as kids were being added, we just went, well, this is what God has called our family to is this kind of unusual road life. And so I just bought a lot of baby carriers and put the babies (laughs) on my back. And I, true story, I uh, used to on tour with him, take my two daughters, they were about a year and a half apart. I would rock them to sleep in this double stroller that could lay down in the green room with the lights off and the sound machine, I would get them asleep, drape a blanket over them so they couldn't see, park them behind the merch table, sell merch for oh my, my husband. Gosh. And they were like, where are your kids? I was like, oh, oh right there God. in the stroller back there. You oh know? my gosh. She's <laughs> one of those like uh, woman yes. unicorns that can make things happen. Cause like yes. my wife would always complain when we first got married. Cause I've traveled for, you know, 30 years and she, she would complain and go, how do women do this? Cause we got pregnant right away. And she's like, mm-hmm. how do women have babies? do all the things and then do this too. And it reminds me of Jim Gaffigan. I don't know if you ever heard right, his yes. about 
You know, he's like, what, people ask what it's like having five kids. Well, you're already drowning out in the ocean with three of them holding on to you, and they hand you another one. And you're like, and it, feel, it feels like every stage of life, like when God's doing it with you, it feels like you can almost drown or you're almost going to make it. But if you trust uh -huh. in him, it always turns out good. But <laughs> you are uh, you are one of the unicorns, I can tell. Well, tell us about Tell us about this, because I think, you know, in the midst of that, you write your first book. And, and I love the MySpace story and some of the background story of that, but you write your first book and, and what was the, what was the response and like, what made you keep going and saying like, yeah, this is it. This is one of the things I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, community in my life was a big part of that decision. Uh, mm -hmm. again, I, I really do enjoy writing, but gosh, a published work is really for a perfectionist like myself is very scary. <laughs> Let me put my words in paper, in print forever than just they're out there in the world. Um, and I really, I really didn't want to write it. If I'm being honest, I was hesitant. I was scared about the prospect. I was like, let me just keep blogging. But it was people in my life, friends, pastors, uh, people in our local church who were kind of just seeing the writing on the wall. They're like, Kelly, it really seems like this is the task God has set before you. And, and it really didn't happen until my husband looked at me, we went on a date and he said, you know, I feel so convinced that you should write this book. And I know it's going to take a lot, you know, with kids, like, yeah. I, and I was telling him this, is, this would be a lot of work, I, I would have to have the clear headspace and the time, I don't know how I would do that. And you're on the road and making albums. And so he sat me down and said, I'm not going to make another album this next year. I'm purposely wow. going to take a break from creating music so that I can pull my weight more at home and you wow. can take some weekends and go write. And that was really the moment that for me, I went, okay, God, this is wow. something you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's made a big difference in all honesty for me is that my husband and I have, have started to learn how to be a team together. Instead of running in like, oh, this is your job and your ministry over here. This is mine over here. We're looking at one another in our family unit and all the different limitations we have or things and going, how do we leverage all that we have together to do kind of the next thing in front of us. And that might be something I'm doing or he's doing, but we do it together. And his kind of partnership with me in that really did make the difference for me to go, wow. okay, I think I can do this. Mm -hmm. And this second book was, was very similar that he was again, looking at me going, I think it's time to write that book. And I was like, I don't know if it's time yet. And yeah. he said, oh, I think it is. Let's be strategic about how we do it. And he took a week off of work, and I went on a week long writing retreat. And that's how this new book got wow. started. And uh, so really, See, I don't know if he's just like super intuitive and like, is just being an incredible husband or if he knows the success you're going to have so he can slow down if he <laughs> kept man, yeah. if he just helps your success. I'm just kidding. Because you're, you're obviously you're a great articulator, you're a great communicator. And I think that that's, I, I love that your husband found that value. And that he's your champion, or he's one of the champions yeah. in your life that I probably some people are listening are like, I want that, you know, like, that's, my wife and I talk about that a lot because I'm I'm like, and Bob's the same with his wife. Like we're their biggest champions. We're like, right. how are we going to do this together? And then how are you going to do right. what you're called to do too? And I think that that's, wow, what a key. Mm -hmm. Well, well, uh, Bob, go ahead and ask your question. I'm going to have them edit me telling you to do that out, but go ahead and yeah, ask okay. your question. Uh, well, Kelly, you talked about being a perfectionist and our audience basically is, you know, in the marketplace, people with jobs, people who are starting businesses, who are entrepreneurs. A lot of authors, actually, a lot of and, authors. And authors. And, mm -hmm. and so talk to our audience about what does it take to partner with God, to partner with mm -hmm. your husband, and, and to believe in yourself to the point of saying, I'm going to do this in spite of what I think about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's very scary to step out and do any of those things, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. failure is just kind of right around the corner for you. And if avoiding failure is your greatest goal in life, which it, for too much of my life has been mine, wow. you don't do anything because right. it's too scary. And yeah. any risk you take can turn out poorly. And uh, then you don't create anything worthwhile either. And so um, for me, and this really gets to the heart of this new book, uh, my identity and my sense of value has had to come from somewhere other than what I'm doing, the tasks in front of me. Um, I have had to ask myself, uh, what is my purpose in life? And if it is to write, for example, or teach or whatever, if that's my answer, then I can't fail at that. That's my purpose in life. That's it's too scary. I can't actually take risks in my writing like I need to. Um, but if I answer the question, my purpose in life is a person. Mm-hmm. If my purpose in life is just God, I exist for him. I'm fully at his disposal. I'm going to separate my, my purpose and my, my sense of well-being from what I'm doing. I'm actually now free to do things uh, more free uh, with more risks involved. So I can good. serve the work in front of me even mm-hmm. better because some of the greatest things happen when you're willing to take those risks. And yeah. uh, for me, one of the biggest risks has been, I mean, it's going to sound terrible, but this is true. Uh, can I write even if what comes out is average? What right. if God wants to use average writing? Yeah. Or you could take a business, for example. What if God wants to use mm-hmm. and just a run-of-the-mill not changing, you know, the landscape of things, business for his glory. Am I willing to do that? And a lot of times my answer has been no, again, because the work has been what I need to be okay. I need to be, you know, excellent at it to have a sense of value and worth. But if my worth comes from God, outside of that, it freed me to be able to go, okay, Lord, you're setting writing before me, even if it turns out just okay, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to try my best at it. And if I fail, it's going to be okay. And that actually freed me, I think, to create right. things even better than what I would have otherwise. So good. Yeah, it reminds me, I mean, in a little way, when I first wrote my first book, it's called The Throne Room Company, very charismatic book. Mm-hmm. And I had a charismatic experience where God just basically told me, you know, um, what you do is not who you are. And if you mm-hmm. were on a desert island or you're imprisoned or whatever else, you just have a thriving life with me I, that yeah. doesn't involve your performance. And I just was like, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I can believe that if I don't do something that feels great or awesome or empowered that I could actually like myself or like our relationship. And I had to go through a journey and it was back in a long time ago, go through a Mm -hmm. two year journey where I was encountering God that way. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this little book thinking like, no one's going to really resonate with this to be a really small audience because I was in a very, you know, big charismatic movement that had a very small audience for Mm -hmm. books. And I wrote it and just, it, it sold, I think like 70,000 copies the first year. And I was like, what in the heck happened? <laughs> why are these, why are these people resonating? But no one was talking about like what you're talking about through your book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Purposeful. I, I do get, I do get scared for some of the self-help Christian self-help movement where it's like, if you just find out your purpose and your dream, you'll be mm-hmm. happy. And mm-hmm. it's just not entirely accurate. If you've followed the apologetics out, that's mm-hmm. not what the Bible says. So it's like, right. it's super interesting that we've recreated the American dream as the Christian dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really love that you addressed it. Tell us why you wrote this book. Where did it come from? And, and tell us the story. Yeah. Well, a lot of it started in my own journey, right? You usually write things that you have a personal need to wrestle through. And those early years of traveling with Jimmy on the road uh, was really hard for me, in all honesty, because... Um, I I had a lot of passions in my heart and then found myself most nights selling merch, folding t-shirts, 
learning how to train, you know, learn a credit card machine and train volunteers to use it and taking care of kids while he's on stage doing the seemingly really important work. And so what I was doing was not what I signed up for. And I didn't necessarily feel passionate about it. And it seemed uh, like just kind of the ugly stepsister of this whole arrangement, right? It's like, and I just felt like I was in a waiting space. So I guess this is just, you know, the bench for me, I'm learning something until God really wants to use me. And uh, that actually, I don't actually believe the Bible teaches that, right? God had great things for me right. right there. I just couldn't see it. And so as I was wrestling through my own sense of where does purpose come from, Um, I began to ask different questions of God. Uh, I finally did some ministry stuff, but then we moved and I moved to a new church environment. I had another kid and it was like, all right, he went back on the road and I was at home without a job with the little ones going here. I am again in a season where I'm asking God, uh, what do you have for me here? And it was in those seasons. Personally, he began to redefine my goal. I'm a very, can't tell very driven person. And my goal went from. Uh, how can I change the world to how can I know God? How can I get more of him? And he doesn't actually need me to change the world. What is man as if I need anything from him? Now, of course, God wants our partnership in his kingdom work, and he will have that. He is (laughs) for that. We're saved and sent people. But my drivenness began to be directed toward how much of God can I get? um, And how close to him can I get? And I joy exploded in my life, not only joy, but passionate, hard work. I was actually, again, free to work harder when I didn't need the work to be okay anymore. And my whole world came alive in some really wonderful ways. And it was that in combination with doing college ministry, honestly, that Mm -hmm. I began to see, we need to understand this more. I was finding joy in my life and then dealing with young people with a lot of dreams, but they were exhausted and burnt out and discouraged Mm -hmm. and being chasing dreams believing that once they get on the other side of this thing, they want this thing, they feel called to that life will finally explode with meaning. But what that message then does is makes everything up till then meaningless. And nobody can live without a sense of meaning and purpose in their day. It just is too hard. And so that's really where this book came from was combination of all those things. I began to go, gosh, this is something that's helped me thrive. I want others to thrive in their everyday right now. And, and so that kind of is where well, that started. I don't know, Bob, I don't know if you saw this article. It was in Newsweek, but they talked about how, and Kelly, you might have seen it or may not have. They talked about how the average person is having their midlife crisis in their 30s instead of 40s now. Mm-hmm. And it's the same anxieties, heart issues, anxiety yeah. issues, anxiety medications yeah. that people were going through in their 40s and early 50s. It's now aged down. And so I, I love what you're saying because it really is the solution. But not everybody sees it that way because we've really... We think we know it because we have that information inside of us, but it right. isn't we're operating with that information in our operation system. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's head knowledge and not heart knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love I love your book because you know our if we can get to the point like you said that our identity is that we're loved sons or daughters of God. Yes, that's our baseline, and our purpose comes from that. Then right. it doesn't matter. You know, are we successful? What is success? Right. What is drive? It, right. it comes from God. So you've you immerse yourself in the scripture. You've, mm-hmm. you've you've you love the scripture, and you and Jimmy have uh, a podcast that you that you're talking about these things. Talk to us about like how what the scripture's done in you guys as you mm-hmm. move forward. Yeah. Well, that really has been like just delving into the scriptures has been the place where. Uh, 
all things are getting righted for me yeah. and, and really all, all the good that I'm seeing in my life is exploding from there. And, um, it's an old timeless truth. It's not new. That's sometimes why we're so stuck on our screens, new information, right? It's always there. Yeah. This truth, you know, the Bible's old, uh, but the truth in it is, is what will, um, explode meaning into our life. And for me, uh, and for Jimmy learning to read the Bible, not as this is a book about me and what I should do, but reading it instead as this is a book about God and what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do has really changed the game for me. Um, and it's helped me look at it, not going, uh, how do I live, but rather who is this one I was made for and what does he love? Mm-hmm. And even getting into some of the topics we were just discussing, you know, it's, helps me to see things like this. God does not despise my uh, longing for success, my drive, my hunger for greatness, uh, because I read it and I see the disciples asking those questions. Who's greatest in the kingdom? And he does not rebuke them for the question. Yeah. He would have. He would have said, you're asking the wrong question. That's a worldly question. Don't ask it. And instead he goes, I, he gives a very clear and direct answer multiple times, yeah. which tells me the question is good. Uh, it's just misdirected. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he totally flips the script upside down culturally, right? He'll say mm-hmm. servants and slaves are the greatest. He'll say children who learn to just be receivers in the relationship. They're the greatest. Um, it's helped me to go, okay, you don't despise my longing for greatness, God. Uh, you you just have a different definition of success. And I want that. So I'm going to, again, redirect my drivenness, my goals and go, how do I chase what you love? How do I see what's in your heart? And remember that there's a life after this one, that even my life looks like a train wreck to the world. Um, <laughs> you you say things like, uh, apart from me, you can do nothing, which means there's a whole lot of beautiful nothing in the world. There's a whole lot of huge things being done in the world around us mm-hmm. that look really Im- impressive. That in the last, in the final analysis, we're going to look at it before the throne of God and go, yeah, it was nothing. And I don't want that. I want a life of something and, a, and true achievement. But again, Jesus is always redirecting me. And, and it starts though with me looking at the scriptures to go, who is this God I serve? What does he value? What does he love? And how do I live in accordance with who he is, not who I want to be or uh, you know what I like? And, and that just really helped me just open the scriptures for me in a new way and has made them really um, fun to dive deep into. So cool. Yeah, I know. I just, I was reading just, you know, I do another show. It's a journalistic comment, social commentary show. And I got about five different groups sent me um, what's been happening in some of the biggest Christian summer camps through mm. for college age and uh, youth age. And they're, and they're, they're getting the experience like a presence of kind of like the Asbury thing that was happening. Yeah. And they're getting a hunger for the scripture mm. and they're getting a hunger to repent. And then they're asking God for their purpose. Those were the three main indicators. And they were all separate. So they didn't hear from each other. Mm. CBN News, which is one of our partners, covered it in a major way. I think Christian posted too. And I just thought all summer long, people are getting awakened to what you're saying. And they're young people. And so mm-hmm. there's been a lot of kind of like discounting of that younger generation of college age on down. Like they don't really want God. They don't really want the Bible. They don't want traditional mm. um, methods of pursuing God. They're looking for more of the unique, new, sensationalized. But it's just not true. Mm-hmm. The reality is that they're wanting authenticity. So I love hearing your story. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've written this book, because I think it's going to really have wings and fly yeah. to a generation that's looking for truth. They're like, they're, mm-hmm. they're sick of the fluff. And mm-hmm. they're looking for truth. And this sounds like a, a very, a very good kind of a remedy, so to speak, for mm-hmm. some of the things that have been out there. Tell us how people can get a hold of the book. 
Yeah. Well, really anywhere that you buy a book, you can get it on Amazon. You can listen on Audible, uh, get it on your Kindle or christianbook.com or, you know, wherever you shop, uh, you can get the book and listen to it or read it. Awesome. How do people get a hold of you? How can people follow you? Yeah, you can go to jimmyandkelly.com and find more about what both of us do, different places to follow us online, podcasts, books, music. It's all kind of there. It's the cool website. You guys are really cool. I was on the website and <laughs> um, your pictures are funny and your graphics are funny and it makes you it makes it makes you want to follow you. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for being with us. Thank uh, you so much, Bob. Oh, you've been amazing. Um, Up next, final thoughts with Sean and Bob. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. Oh, she was such a, a breath of fresh air, wasn't she, Sean? She was, and I like when we have people on who aren't just talking about, you know, they're, they're building their organization, but they talk about some of their internal life God process. Because mm -hmm. obviously her and her husband built his tour career. They built her first book. They've done their podcast, and she's doing another book. But she really was able to tell us about her heart and what she's walked through and some of the identity stuff going from a financial degree to what she's done now with having multiple children. I mean, some of those stories are pretty wild that she was willing to do that for her <laughs> husband. And even where she was taking kind of a bench seat and seeing it wrongly. I think that to me, I felt like there's a reprogramming going on for some of our audience. Some of you guys are listeners that might've happened through her story. Yeah. Even for me, listening to the story about her being on tour at the merch table with sleeping kids behind her and, um, and selling merchandise and you know her thinking of like why not me god why yeah. am i on the bench and yeah. i think lots of people i know in times in my life i felt that way and i just love how she came through it by just deciding i'm going to follow god yeah. i'm going to i'm going to seek after him and see what happens Totally. You know, it's funny for me because I'm such a reaching forward person, such a visionary. And so I'm already thinking about like some bigger picture things I want to do in my future. But I've always been that way. So when I turned like 45, I had to realize, actually, I would say it was more around coronavirus. I had to realize like, okay, wait a minute. I'm now doing media. I've dreamed my whole life of doing media, even though I never thought I was qualified or I'd, you know, I was doing more ministry stuff. But I'm doing media and we're actually like producing shows and producing stuff. And I need to not be a futurist and look for the future, I need to say, these are the good old days. Like I am in the time mm -hmm. that I prayed for, dreamed for, and I need to like actually say, wow, and enjoy this. I'm gonna enjoy my time with Bob right now and not look at the next thing I get to or have to do to make something bigger happen. And I feel like that's the biggest robber is like, some people are doing some really significant things like her being a mom, like being with your kids. There's days I'm with my kids where I'm like, if this is all I ever did the rest of my life, oh my gosh, let me not miss it. Like, let me not miss the mm -hmm. beauty of this. So I do think that there's, yeah, we just live in a culture where significance is one of the highest values, but the significance factor or the equation of how we get there is so off in most people's minds. I love the fact that she's had that revelation and that we got to kind of pull that story out of her. Because I'm sure a lot of the interviews she's doing is just about the book. Yeah. But for us, it was about the real story. Yeah. I, you know, Sean, going back to what you just said, I watched you move into the media, uh, the media sector that's been a dream for a long, long time in your life. Not only did you move into it, what, what you did is you started learning about it. You got a coach, you read things, you took classes, you have, you've strived to make yourself better. Every time you're on set, you're asking the director or the producer, how is that? What could I do better? And, and I think it's a lesson that we can all learn as we move into new things or as we're moving forward in what God's called us. 
to not sit and and just get stagnant, but to always yeah, learn. To learn. One of the to things that, and I'm I'm curious. I love that because you're like that too. I feel like we want to enjoy the process and the more information we have, the better. And I bet you a lot of directors and producers who work with people like us would be like, you know, why do you want to know that? You know, why why are you but it's because for me, part of it's because I wanted to produce content when that all start happening yeah. and not just be produced. And I wanted to direct content, not just be directed. And, but also I just, I think it's so fascinating when you're doing what you're called to, to learn all kinds of, like even, even in your career with painting, like, you know, so many things that the average person who owns a company like you do probably doesn't know. Cause you've been at every stage you were doing out of your car all the way to managing your first team for houses and doing your first commercial property. And now you do like mega model structures, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. So, so Kelly's story about turning to God, I think is something that we all can learn from she, she just decided like, okay, I'm going to get my satisfaction from the Lord and I'm gonna learn everything I can about him. And her podcast and her and her husband just seem hilarious. Yeah, and they seem I really fun together. If you go to jimmyandkelly.com, you'll, you'll, you can just see by their, by, by their webpage that they really, really do take God seriously and take each other seriously, but they do it in a really funny way. Well, I'm so glad that you guys probably enjoyed him as much as we did, because I mean, what Kelly was saying was just, it was life-giving, and I hope that you guys experienced the same thing. I want to encourage you to stay in touch with us through BoldMinistries.com. Join our mailing list, and you can hear all that we're doing for our ministry, not only Exploring the Marketplace, but everything that Bob and I get to do together, including live events and other types of things. There are a new masterclass, Bob. If they get wired to hear the book, there is a masterclass available to go through how to hear from God because you are wired to hear for your career, your business. Make sure to visit us at bullsministries.com for more information about that as well. We will see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you at our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.